I can hear now. Can you hear the airplane? I can hear the airplane. It's not all dogs and helicopters on this show, is it? It's all dogs and helicopters from here on out. Oh, you say that till a <laughs> screaming baby comes along. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Here we are again, chewing the scenery horror movie it's podcast. Just a stream of baby atoms. <laughs> Trapped in the ether. <laughs> Getting mixed with cats. Yeah. Cats and babies. The he horrifying was... baby cat scene was cut. <laughs> he was a little dog named Snuggles. All right. So we're here. Um, thank you, Moonrays, for giving us uh, intro creature features. Uh, find their music on Amazon or iTunes. Say hello to them on Facebook where they are the moon dash rays. Well, and who are we? Oh, we're chewing the scenery. I mentioned that a minute ago, but I didn't mention what we're not. We're not critics. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're artists, illustrators, things like that. We're barely podcasters. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's true on some level. Like there, there are people who make the show is effortless and we've put no effort into it. (laughs) You know, the most effort that I put into this is actually writing the description. <laughs> it's where you really, really slow down and think about it. Well, it's weird because I take a bunch of notes while I'm editing the show, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to say something funny or clever about this. They're usually pretty good. Thanks. There's a couple of them that you could tell lately. It's like, I can't stay up till all hours doing this. I got I to gotta get the show posted and ready and... I remember our early episodes when I used to research every movie we talked about. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm such a fool. Researching a things. Time. I got a whole bunch of research here somewhere. On this one? Yeah. On the Love Witch? Yeah. Excellent. I want to know more. Love Witch, baby! Oh, my oh, God. We're... I was waiting for it. We're doing that. I mean, whoever's right hearing now, this, it's already happened. Probably. Every time somebody says the title of this week's film. Fred Schneider's going to burst in. Yeah. All right. We'll make uh, sure we don't say it then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We definitely don't want to say the name of the show. Um, you could probably get him on the show. He's a Denver resident. Is he? Yes. Are you, you're not... I met him at the coffee shop. Seriously? Yeah. That's weird. Why is he in Denver? They're, they're from he Georgia. Lives somewhere in Capitol Hill. No kidding. So when I see a guy who looks like Fred Schneider, it's really him? Yeah. Okay. You're not thinking of Gordon Gano? No. Okay, because he lives here. I don't know who that is. The Violent Femmes. Mm -mm. The vocalist. Mm -mm. Who also plays like a bunch of other instruments. No. Fred Schneider lives here. In Denver, yes. I don't know if he lives here year round, but Hmm. I've definitely seen him in Capitol Hill. Not just a doppelganger? No. You heard him speak? Yeah. He doesn't sound anything like that. He also denied being <laughs> Fred Schneider, but I knew who he was. He wasn't fooling me. <laughs> Did you grab him by the labels and slap him? Uh-huh. Fred! Not Fred. Fred! Not Fred! <laughs> all right, well, we'll get to the bottom of the Fred Schneider thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why is he not here all the time? Why is he denying who he is? Yeah. Well, what's up with that? Don't be a Schneider denier. <laughs> so, um, I got to the bottom of the Vic Noto in The Americans mystery. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. It was a one scene. Do you remember the part where... Um, oh, of course. The, the mom and the daughter are out after 
some class or something. Oh, and, and then they the, get attacked in the parking lot? Yeah, the guy with the blade was Vic Noto. Oh. So I think in, in the credits, they're probably like Mugger, okay. Mugger oh. 1 and Mugger 2. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I can picture him now. She beats his ass and kills him. <laughs> yeah. There is a spoiler. Speaking of spoilers, we're going to spoil this movie. So mm. if you, or we may spoil it if... Um, it's brand new. It's fairly new. Yeah. So Did it come out last year? Yeah. Did you find it on Amazon? Um, yes, I did. All right. So I watched it on Amazon and it looked gorgeous. But before we talk about it, um, what have we watched since last time? Do you want me to begin? Yes. Sure. All right. A few normal movies, a couple of normal movies. Um, the Circle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With Tom Hanks is. Yeah. Evil Steve Jobs or something. Yes, evil Steve. Um, <laughs> it's basically uh, not anything. What's a nice way to say this? Do I need to be nice about saying it? No. no there's nothing surprising in this movie. There's nothing earth-shattering or groundbreaking or or necessarily overly interesting that happens in this movie <laughs> it's like wow. oh my goodness look what they could do with technology look how far they could go with it in like your privacy isn't really there anymore yeah. um yeah surprise your privacy has been gone for a while and um it can get worse they show it a little worse than it is now but i've got a doorbell on the house now that just it saves like a month and a half worth of everything that happens in front of your house and the back of your house. Really? Every time the, yeah, every time the, uh, the doorbell rings, every time someone walks up to it. Oh, okay. So they don't even have to use it. No. Like if, but if they do use it, it collects their DNA, right? I would hope so for, for what I'm paying for this thing. So I have a lock. <laughs> Does your doorbell have like a single red light in the middle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it should. They they didn't want people to be freaked out, so they made it. Blue. When your house kills you, <laughs> <laughs> when it shuts off the oxygen, yeah. So the circle. Um, sure, go ahead and see it. You know, if you, sure. <laughs> if you like looking at, if you're, uh, if you're stuck in a long plane ride, or yeah. you're on a plane ride, or you know, it's on and you're facing in its general direction, yeah. and you don't feel the need to turn your head away. Go ahead, fill your eyes. <laughs> Drink in the glory of Tom Hanks and that girl from Harry Potter. Ah, uh, is this the based on Dave Aker's book? I don't know. Okay. I, it might be. It, that sound, I know that's. It sounds vaguely like it, but I've not read the book. Basically, it's um, someone joining a cult and not realizing it's a cult, and then everyone's privacy getting kind of tossed out the window. And I don't know. It. It. it there was nothing really new or. <laughs> Uh, was the cult better than the void the cult in the void wasn't as good as the one in the void oh Oh. man they were they didn't have cool like triangular mask no they had no masks at all they just walked around being annoying and just really like i don't know everyone had like this super receptive face and really upbeat and annoying Mm. (laughs) so Mm. can i quit talking about the circle now sure i watched devil's candy oh yeah yeah, the devil's candy. Did you candy. like it? Yeah, you liked it, didn't you? Yeah, I liked it. 
Um, I went and watched it on the big screen. Yeah, you watched it over at that place by Tattered Cover. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty awesome. It was trying to mix like all the devil movies because you have possession and you have the evil house. And... Yeah, you got haunting possession. Yeah. Um, I liked it a lot, and I think we should cover that one for the show sometime. Okay. In fact, if you guys want to cover it next time, sure. Uh, I don't have a copy of it. Oh, okay. We'll um, get you a copy. We'll find one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's on the dark web. It's on the dark I'm web. I'm afraid. Here's a lesson for everybody. That movie felt like a perfectly normal length movie. It was like 79 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it moved right along. It didn't stop for any any reason at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like... It didn't slow down. It just... Okay. This, this train has left the station and it's not going to slow down. It was awesome. He's a creepy fat guy who plays a guitar. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to spoil anything about that part of it. So everybody go watch The Devil's Candy and maybe we'll cover it mm. ne- next time or the time after that. Um, At some point in the future. Yes. A time that isn't now, but hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> scream, Blackula, Scream. I watched that oh, one. Oh, yes. What year is that one from? 74? 73 or 4, yeah. Yeah, I want to say it's 73 or 74. Um, really that, enjoyed that one. That's not related to the Scream no. franchise, is it? But it is really not a crossover. <laughs> oh, Blackula. Awesome. That was Scream. great. Oh, yeah. Do, an, do another Blackula movie. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And another Scream movie. If you like vampires and you like black exploitation, this is the movie for yep. you. If you don't like cops, a lot of them get tossed around and thrown through walls and I think killed, if I remember right. I think some of them get killed. And mm. um, and I'm not saying I don't like cops. I, you know, They got a job to do. But uh, I think it was a, a big statement uh, about what was going on <laughs> in the world at that time, uh, in America at least at that time. Like a lot of black people were not being treated well by the police. Yeah. Uh, glad. That was history. History. Yeah. Was yeah, glad now. that's over. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, we straightened that out, didn't we? Let's go, uh, Good job, fellas. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Pam Greer and. Yes. Uh, Denver resident. I'm spacing yep. on the guy who plays black killer but he's really good yeah, yeah. i'm blank um, yeah the dvd's right there i've just returned it to jolian so let's get some cast information here william marshall william marshall brilliant as mamuwaldi or blackula and he embraces the name blackula in this one he just said that's what you call me now and that one male lead that kind of looked marketing <laughs> yeah it's like no one wants mamuwaldi and they want blackula Black. But it's awesome. If you like black exploitation, no man, I'm gonna check it out. That's a good one. <laughs> he doesn't mess around. He gets right to the point. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm not that keen on the black movies. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy him, but he's he's really good. He is. Uh, I wish he, you know, he was in a lot more movies than he is. Yeah, and it's a good cast all the way around. Everybody mm-hmm. is. Everybody adds something to the scene that they're in, and, and there's not a lot of people who are just carrying firewood in the background or I, something. It's like when I was a kid, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I, I was, uh, was getting into um, there's this author named William Marshall, who writes these fantastic crime series. Oh. Uh, he's done one's Yellow Thread Street, 
uh, and he's done one about like uh, early New York uh, city and one about uh, Manila but it, so they're all crime dramas set on uh, like really stuffed island communities okay and there's all sorts of bizarre things going on there's, and there's all these eccentric characters and, and amazing like concepts for the crimes and things like that I just love those those series and then I heard like William Marshall was in the Black Killer movies which I hadn't seen at that point wow he's so talented wow. <laughs> a writer and an actor <laughs> it could happen S- same name as could happen not the same guy but yeah yeah do you want to watch that sure there you go. so that was great um Snatched is a comedy that just became available it's got um, Amy Schumer and mm-hmm. Goldie Hawn it was weird. I looked on IMDb and user after user after user gave it a one-star review and said, unwatchable, awful, horrible. This is just a piece of garbage. Don't, don't. You were like, this sounds like the movie for me. <laughs> yeah. This sounds better than The Circle. It's like, if your face is already pointed toward this, make every <laughs> turn, effort. Turn, turn, turn away. <laughs> Basically. Whatever you do, don't watch this movie. So I kept scrolling until I finally saw like, oh, these are obviously planted 10 star reviews and nine, mm. nine star reviews. And uh, somebody mentioned that they thought that there was some sort of hate toward her that was you know, Amy Schumer in particular, that was uh, being expressed by her haters in the form of one-star reviews on IMDb. I watched the movie. It was no one-star movie. You know, it was a solid six, if anything. <laughs> it was solid a two. solid two-star movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a real number two. It was fine. <laughs> it was so adequate. <laughs> I was so glad it I didn't I watched suck. all of it. I, you know, it was... At no point did I turn it off. It was pretty funny. I got to give it credit. You know, it was like a bunch of gags you've seen before, but some some different takes on them. And, you know, <laughs> watch it if you feel like watching a dumb comedy. Don't ask too much of it. Um, and Victor Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. Harry Potter meets Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, DVR'd this and hadn't watched it yet. And then last night I was done doing everything else I needed to do and it was starting on whatever movie channel it's on and uh, I said I'm going to watch this and I watched about the first 35-40 minutes and fell asleep (laughs) and I woke up for the climactic last 20 minutes of the movie sounds like how I watch movies (laughs) yeah apparently they cut off someone's penis and played catch with it yeah it usually (laughs) happens when I'm fast forwarding or have fallen asleep so now that I know that the movie starts well and ends well, I'm going to watch that middle 30 no, or so I, minutes I, I missed. It. I yeah. It. yeah. I like the monster. The character design of the monster uh-huh. looked really cool. Yeah. I like the rethinking of Igor. And... Yeah. The fact that he could get physically kind of sorted out and, mm-hmm. you know, that he was actually very uh, capable with medical knowledge. It was cool. So, um,. I will say that unless the middle of it sucked and had a bunch of, uh, you know, pro-Hitler stuff in it, (laughs) wow, that really went off the rails for a while there. (laughs) They got it all course correct. Wow, I didn't realize this movie would become a screed against little people for a good hour in the middle. (laughs) So what was Victor Frankenstein's problem? I don't know. He was really normal otherwise. But then, wow, the hate and vitriol. 
All right, that's Maybe you it. could start a website. You know, there's like a website for does the dog die? It's like, does this movie support Hitler? Does it denigrate <laughs> du- little <dot> people? Com. <laughs> uh, you have a little moustache symbol in it. Right. With a cross through it or a tick through it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it for me. Um, okay. Who wants to go next? Uh, what did I watch? Oh, I watched more Hinterland. Oh. It's going well. The guy's real cheery. Yeah. Uh, we watched another show called Wallander, in which oh, Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, I watched the Swedish one too, mm. and the British version. He's a mopey, sad sack of a detective. <laughs> this guy makes Wallander seem like life of the party. <laughs> Pardon my murder. Pardon my murder. Um. And then for movies, I watched something called The Final Terror. Oh, the in the, in the forest. Yeah, it was a camping movie from mm-hmm. slasher camping movie from 1983. So it was really camping. Yeah, who's in that? It's like Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. Yeah. And uh, she needed the money. She hadn't. This done was splash. before. She, no, this is a year before Splash. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, Joey Pantalone. Mm-hmm. Joey Pants. Joey Pants. Pantaleone. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, kind of interesting. Um, they they realize very quickly that somebody's killed a couple campers, oh. and unlike other movies, they're like, okay, nobody goes anywhere. Right. Without the rest, they all get sticks or machetes. Uh, they seem prepared, and then they start going after the killer. Mm. Oh, wow. Novel um, idea. And there's all these like, horrible traps and things. Yeah, people have set up these traps, and then it turns out there's a killer and his mom, mm. which seemed kind of familiar, like another <laughs> camper movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, just get both those movies into one. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. kill the mom with a big log with spikes in it at mm. the end because they decide they had enough. But... <laughs> She does kill off a couple more campers, but it was kind of refreshing in that they weren't idiots. Yeah. And the second they realized something uh, wrong was going on, they decided to fight back against it. I think I saw this on a double bill. I think it was with My Bloody Valentine. Mm. I remember it looking pretty good. And the photography's nice. The photography was pretty nice. The actors were very natural. It felt like you were watching a group of actual people go out camping. Mm. Um, you know, at some point they're running from the killer. They're like, where are we going? They're like, who cares? Just keep running. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just take a straight line and go yeah, that just, way. Yeah, run away from the thing that's yeah. trying to kill you. And so, you know, everybody seemed pretty sharp. Nobody seemed like super panicky, even though awful things were happening. And it had a nice, uh, a nice creepy feel mm. during large parts of it. All right, what was the title of that again? The Fun. Final Terror. I'm gonna. 1983. It's on, I believe, Shutter. Okay, The Final Terror. I will watch the hell out of that. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. It's it's not brilliant or anything. No, it's a slasher movie. It's a slasher <laughs> movie, but it was. It, yeah, I enjoyed the the characters well enough that they weren't all idiots. I'll yeah. watch a slasher, especially if it's not populated by idiots. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've seen that for ages. Was that it for your... I think that's all I've watched. Oh. 
How about you, Julian? Uh, well, uh, I watched uh, a Marilyn Monroe film I've never seen before called Ladies of the Chorus. Never heard of it. So this is from 1948 before. She was oh, still wow. being groomed. So she was, you know, she'd been made yeah. into a blonde and called Marilyn. And it's, it's like a one hour, obviously, a, a, it was a B movie. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's one hour musical in it. And um, it really stars Adelia Jurgens or Jurgens, who was. She's in um, Abbott and Costello meet Invisible Man and various things. Okay, very. You know, and she's very beautiful as well. But um, uh, her so husband was Glenn Langan, who was the amazing colossal man. Oh, but anyway, um, it's got like several songs in it. There's this like weird doll dance. There's a song called "Every Baby Needs a Dad, Dad, Daddy." <laughs> it's, it's mostly set in this like burlesque theatre where. Yeah. Uh, like Marilyn Monroe is the the new star, and and um, yeah, and so all the the rest of the chorus, including her mother, played by Adelia Jurgens, who was like nine years older than Marilyn Monroe at the time, um, they come on and they're like these like sexy outfits, and they and they have these like baby puppets, and they like make them dance along the front of the stage. So you've got, it's weird, like, what's going on here? <laughs> um, and there's also this, like, early jungle rock and roll number before it was rock and roll. You know, the, there's yeah. always, like, exotic, like, um, you know, stupid songs in the 50s about mm -hmm. going in the jungle and playing rock and roll. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was fun. Was this first film? In an out in an hour. No, no, no. It, um, I forget what the first film screen thing was when was asphalt jungle because that was uh that was late 40s isn't it i think that was 49 yeah okay I think that would have been after this right because 48 so it's pretty early so like uh so so a couple of years afterwards this got re-released and her name was moved above the title oh, and stuff like that so okay. uh, yeah yeah they got their money back on this one but uh yeah it was quite fun and uh, there's an excellent like kind of twist ending we both uh, enjoyed watching that. Um, both, I mean, me and my uh, beloved. Um, and also saw A Quiet Passion. Um, my wife's named after Emily Dickinson. Okay. So I figured watching the movie about her would save time on reading. Emily Dickinson? <laughs> yeah. Have you not read any of her? I've read the poems, but I haven't okay. read her biography or anything. But, you know, you, oh, I, I okay. just this vague idea of her being up in a room that's basically all i know about poetry her. somewhere in hidden in a room somewhere yeah um... hiding from the nazis i believe <laughs> that's the one and she was blind to death too mm -hmm. um... and a civil war nurse i don't remember that's right. maybe confusing some people yeah they had to hold her back from driving the ambulances <laughs> um yeah this is directed by terence davies um and this is really, uh, it's it's just his, it's not an accurate biopic, mm -hmm. as most biopics aren't, uh, or are, what do I mean? Most biopics aren't historically accurate. No, correct. This is definitely not, and it, it was not intended to be. It's his kind of, his own poetic take on her. So oh. don't expect it to be just a biopic. Uh, it, it's more about her... It's very uh, quiet and slow, but it's about her terror of death and terror of life. 
like so she kind of retreats into this uh existence but, but she uh, never fights on mars i thought it was really good uh really good looking it's got a good um cast so cynthia nixon is awesome as oh okay. Emily dickinson you got jennifer eel always always like watching her keith carradine he's he's so good as well he's like the the patriarch of the family hmm. also known as the good carradine um, the good carradine <laughs> it's got uh yeah most of it was filmed in belgium they like reproduced the house in belgium like really? some of it's actually filmed at amherst which no one in the film pronounces accurately as as my wife pointed out because she went to i mean she she's you know she knows a lot of emily dickinson poems by heart and mm-hmm. she went to college near near the, the actual house and visited it but they, they built this beautiful replica in belgium they shot most of it there and everyone mispronounces amherst as amherst hmm. um and it's yeah and you can see a reflection of a sound boom in there oh so come on man. come on guys can we burn this thing um yeah, Emily thought it was like nothing fabulous, but uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, all right, then back to the classy stuff. Watched uh, "Don't Go in the Woods" from nineteen eighty-one. Nice. That was eighty minutes long, but it's a long eighty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this is like about a step above a home movie. Oh. Uh, and it actually uh, that's but that's another one off the uh, video nasty list. So, "Don't Go in the Woods." Don't watch it. Don't go watching. Don't um, go in the woods. So in the movie, a bunch of people go in the woods. Oh, already. And they get slashed. Well, they said don't. Yeah. Um, when will they listen? Yeah. And there's scary music, which goes dun, dun, dun. And then there's funny music when someone falls over or something like that. <laughs> uh, there's a sleeping bag death, although it's hard to tell because it's so dark at that point. Oh. Um, there's a bear trap to the face. Oh. There's a bit where a woman drops a rock on her boyfriend's hand and laughs at him. And then and then he's like nursing his hand and she goes, oh, come here, baby, come here. And then when he goes up to her, she like punches him on his injured hand. Wow, what a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Did she get slashed? Well, then she, then, <laughs> then when she goes to sleep, then she decides to take a nap. So she goes to sleep. He zips her up in her bag and then pulls the bag up and suspends her from a tree branch. And then when, while she's stuck up there, the killer turns up, who's this like wild man of the woods with this like kind of crisscross bead necklace over his face. Turns up, wow. uh, pulps the boyfriend while she's watching through a, a hole in the bag. So and then, it was a mummy style bag. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he like he zips her up. The, the boyfriend zips her up in the sleeping bag and hangs her from a tree. And all the while he's, he's He's calling her bag of bitch, bag of bitch. Wow. So it's like, wow, this is a nice relationship. You know, I bet she enjoyed going hiking with this fella. But um, yeah, you hardly ever see people's faces, which usually suggests to me that they couldn't afford sync sound. Mm-hmm. So like uh, you, you learn very few uh, people's names or, you know, what they look like. So... <laughs> But people are getting knocked off at such a rate, you know, you oh. don't really care. And um, there's, there's, there's not really any special effects. They just have a bucket of blood. blood. <laughs> yeah. gets like, just, people just get covered with blood. Um, yeah, uh, when the camera is actually fixed down, there's nice landscape shots. I forget where it was actually shot. 
Um, and uh, yeah, um, it's got the worst final girl I've ever seen. She, she's the character's named Ingrid. And like when the the boyfriend he go, he goes all like kind of straw dogs, you know, he starts fighting back and yeah, and he you know he's he's up for it. And like she's always following him around, and like when he's when he's like getting ready to fight, she like grabs him by the arm because oh. she's afraid. Or, or when he he needs to be quiet, she starts crying or screaming or something. Is yeah, she's uh, she's pretty poor. Um, and the cops and the posse arrive about an hour into the movie. And one of them goes, <laughs> I got some hollow point justice for that bastard. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite line. Uh, yeah, so enjoyed it. Um, Even though it sucked. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that sounds more like what I was looking for when I watched Final Terror. Yeah, yeah. I wanted something that was, you know, if you find a badly slasher, shot. slasher movie you've never seen before, I, I have to see it. If it's good, like Final Terror, then that's great. Yeah. If it's bad, like Don't Go in the Woods, that's almost as good. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I I almost wanted something that was like that. I have to now watch Don't Go into the Woods. Yeah. Um. All right. Then I marathoned uh, the Lost Boys. You mean other than the original? You watched all those yeah, weird so they, sequels? Yeah. They so they had all three of them. Ooh. Um, so Lost Boys from 1987 which I hadn't seen for ages and I don't remember liking I think it was because of uh, the age I was when I saw it I was stuck up too cool for it mm-hmm. oh, okay. because like the the rebels in it are all Hollywood rebels yeah. Hollywood punks and, and like the music kind of sucks and you got that awful like that half naked muscle man with a with a saxophone <laughs> yeah. do you remember that bit? yeah the oily sax man yeah, yeah. Uh, it, oh. but it, it was fun oh man everybody say hello to Sammy at Howl Horror Program right now <laughs> he loves uh, Lost Boys he yeah. loves Lost yeah. Boys it is so fun um, it is fun. Even sexy grandpa. Sexy grandpa, yeah. Oh he's my always, god. He's always going off chasing the old widow. Yes. Yeah. His see. antics wore thin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I, I watched that under ideal conditions, i.e., Emily had mixed up a couple of dirty diners with way too much vodka. Oh. So <laughs> we had trouble standing up. <laughs> Oh, very nice. <laughs> but watch the Lost Boys. That, that's that's what you, that's what you want. Yeah. So it it uh, improved with age. Uh, it does stand you. up, yeah, and it's got it's more interesting than I remember it being right. because I was paying attention to more you know facets of it. But then, so like the various sexual roles, interplays that go on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it it much more interesting. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. I mean, I watched it probably within the last couple of years myself. And I couldn't help but think, man, the annoying little brother and his annoying friends, that mm. could be handled differently. And if they just dial the grandpa down a little bit, <laughs> it could have been, you know, still funny in places or lighthearted in places. And still, maybe they could have turned the scares up a little bit more, you know. Yeah, it's not scary at all. No. I, mean, I, but, I, don't, I don't find it scary at all. But Yeah, you don't feel like the characters are really in peril but, but at there any is, point. There is interesting stuff because like, uh, a lot of the sexual relationships are unconventional, <clears throat> not stuff you usually see. Right. There's, there's a lot of homoeroticism going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, sort of postmodernism, the, the, like the, the police are absent. 
there's no, yeah. know, there's no authority that's really yeah. doing what it's supposed the, to do. The only Van Helsing sort of stuff you get is Corey Feldman having read Vampires Are Everywhere comics, right? Um, yeah, so uh, it's it's kind of uh, like this kind of Wild West feel to it, especially like the grandpa character. If he was like one of those comedy miners, you get yeah, oh, yeah. You get dudeed up to go into town and yeah, um, but. Uh, yeah, and you got Kiefer Sutherland and everything. He yeah, he runs this picture. I and mean, this this movie must have put a hole in the ozone layer, all that. The hairspray. Yeah, there's lots oh, of hairspray man. going on. Yeah, those mullets were magnificent. <laughs> now the beach, uh, where they attack the the the, the so called punks, surf Nazis, yeah. <laughs> the surf Nazi punks. Yeah, um, that's a good kill when uh, when uh, David. Kiefer Sutherland's character bites into that dude's bald head and you see the blood spray mm-hmm. everywhere. That's that's a good kill. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you do see some stuff you, you don't usually, you know, you hadn't seen in other vampire films. Yeah. But if, if they had maybe made uh, Corey Feldman's character a girl, because he basically acted like a girl through the whole thing. I... I, I find him interesting because he's like a... He's doing this like gravelly voice... And and him him and his buddy. Are like, I'm sorry, I meant Corey Haim. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. You're talking about the Frog Brothers. I, I yeah, meant yeah, I the, meant the little the little brother. Because like uh, the so this is made in like the, the late '80s. Yeah. And they're, they're a kind of funny takeoff on like the '80s action heroes. So he's got his Rambo headband yeah. on, and he's doing like, yeah. You know, he's got all these weapons. You know, let's go kick ass and stuff like that. So I yeah, thought, like I thought it was a bit of a parody going on there. Yeah, like you said, the gravelly voice. Yeah, it's your funeral, buddy. Yeah, he's saying all that stuff. <laughs> you know, lucky how those those kids don't get to kill any of the vampires. Right, it's all done by the dog or you know, <laughs> the other the other people. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was great fun. Uh, then the Lost Boys, the tribe. We tried to guess the year this came out before the credits were over, and yeah. we were both way off. Ninety three. Mm hmm. 2003. Have you seen it? No. You're close. It's 2008. Oh. Wow. Really? Yeah, I guessed it was like 2000 from what people were wearing and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so it's it's pretty similar plot. You know, the, there's so a couple of kids go to uh, another seaside town and then, <laughs> they, then they get like drawn into this vampire group who are like another four boys. Um, so and then Corey Feldman turns up and like the energy level goes up a bit, uh, but um, yeah, overall it was, it was pretty flat. It starts off with uh, Tom Savini. Uh, I love Tom Savini's makeup stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I love him in, when he turns up in Romero movies. But if you see Tom Savini in any other kind of takes you out of movie, it. you think, oh, this movie's gonna suck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not his fault. It's just that he tends to be. When he's on screen, <laughs> you do, it's probably not going to be a good movie. Um, but anyway, yeah, he, he turns up and gets killed off in the first scene. Um, oh. uh, yeah, decapitation. Oh, how boring. <laughs> uh, this one, if it felt more dated than the original one. Oh, that's weird. Like the, It's so 2000s, all those avid editing farts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Messing around with time and making people wobble about and zooming the camera as you know 
kind of juddering around a scene and yeah all that stuff that's just so tiresome so is that stuff mm-hmm. over now is it done i hope so i was so tired of that i even by this point um and the script was originally about the pack of werewolves um but you know all the beats are similar to the first one and that was followed by so that, that was director dvd and it was a big hit mm-hmm. so they brought out another one which is the lost boys the thirst which they they uh filmed in south africa and that was in 2010 and that starts straight off with cory feldman doesn't take a long frame to appear at all and uh, so i thought the tone was going to be more consistent mm-hmm is he the frog brother, Edgar or Alan, whichever mm-hmm. one he yeah. is? He is. So he's he's the same character. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I thought I was going to enjoy this one more. It would be you would just be straight comedy all the way. But it's just more tiresome, I found. Mm. Um, so anyway. It, Corey Feldman, is it, is it, tiresome. He's not tiresome. I like him. <laughs> but, um, and and uh, the uh, the guy who plays Alan Frog turns up as well, Jameson Newlander. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, and this was 80 minutes long, felt long. Uh. And on, it even includes lots of clips from the first one. So it's like watching one of the Mummy sequels. Oh, boy. Where it's like a pretty short running time, but it feels really long. And even and you're watching lots from the previous movies. Yeah. Um yeah, so uh, it's it's a bit larger scale, like um, the the vampire scheme to uh, vampirize uh, lots of young people at once by giving them this this drug at raves. Mm-hmm. So there's like uh, one of the main vampires is a, a DJ, like travelled the world doing the raves and handing out this this X drug. Um, you got uh, a whole bunch of South African models parading around in it um so you've got some good looking vampires in it but um yeah i just found tarsome and also um it's ibiza not ibiza mm-hmm. i'm like this is a big like rave destination i don't, mm-hmm. don't know if you hear of it in this country. yeah we do but anyway it's ibiza not yeah. ibiza yeah because um the, the the prince of spain had a lisp and now everyone who speaks proper spanish in Spain has that list. <laughs> right, right. So, that is true, right? Yeah. Um, it's not just some dumb myth. Mexican Spanish is older Spanish than right. Spanish Spanish because of the adapting to the royal family. That's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, every time someone speaks proper Spanish Spanish, it's always like, are you lisping? You know, if you have a lisp, you just get away with it now mm-hmm. if you're Spanish, right? Yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, I'm from Barcelona. That's cool. <laughs> so, uh, and then I saw uh, uh, American Ninja Two: The Confrontation, oh, which boy. thereby completes my viewing of the American Ninja series. Uh, no, there's only two. There's five of them. Oh, you've watched them out of order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I managed to keep up. Oh, wow. so this has got Michael Dudikoff and Steve James from 1987 again. Um, I, I just enjoy these, and I, I especially appreciate them now because, like, all the you know, all the stunts are physical. Mm-hmm. They, they just had no other way of doing them. So when people are good at martial arts, like Michael Dudikoff, they're you yeah. know, it's it's fun to watch. 
Uh, it's got a little science fiction bent to this one, where this, this uh, I, I won't give it away, but there's, there's a bit of James Bondian sort of science fiction-y uh, thread to it. Um, yeah. Um, uh, unusual, ridiculous people dressed up in black pajamas running around in broad daylight. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no. Nah. Yeah, you blend. <laughs> it's like they didn't even wear that in Japan. <laughs> right. That, that's from... Um, that's uh, more from the stage. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, that's the theatrical thing. It's the secret assassin spies. They're not going to dress in uniform. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you get caught. You know, it's pretty clear what you are. Yeah. And, and when they were in danger of being caught, they were trying to scrape off their own faces or burn off their own face. Wow. Yep. Pretty harsh. That's some dedication. If you want to see really excellent ninja movies, watch the Shinobi no Mono series. Um, what's the English title of those? I forget. But um, yeah, from from the sixties. But they're awesome. And then uh, the last one I watched was the Belko Experiment, which is from last year. How yeah. was that? Heard of that one? No, I've heard of it. I don't know anything about it. So it's another like white collar horror thing, uh, black comedies sort of. If you've seen Severance, yeah, I watched Severance just recently. Yeah, so you know what to expect. So, um, so the experiment is there's this uh, office block uh, outside of um, Bogota, Colombia, mm-hmm. Bogota, and um, it gets they the steel shutters come up over all the windows, and then there's like this uh, weird security team appears outside. So people just can't leave. Yeah. And everyone's been fitted with chips uh, because they're told that, you know, like white-collar workers are often kidnapped. So they mm-hmm. need to be fit, fitted with these chips so they can be tracked. Yeah. But these chips are actually tracker bombs. Okay. So it's 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 basically a battle royale. Yeah. Where they're told, like, they have, you know, they have a short period of time and... Uh, a number of people have to die. Yeah. Uh, and then so and then the game proceeds from there. Okay. So so in pretty short order they're like killing each other off and forming groups to kill each other off. And... Now wasn't the first movie to have an exploding chip um escape from New York? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And then uh there was something in um the... Battle Royale they have collars. Right. What was the one that Arnold had in that Oh, total recall. He had that ball that was up in his sinuses that he... Oh, yeah. yeah. He had to drag it out. <laughs> Do that very realistic Arnold head. Um, I, I don't know if that was supposed to explode or not. I know it was a I tracking think, device. I think it could explode. Yeah. Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> or in the TV edit, get your butt to Mars. <laughs> so this one's written by uh, James Gunn and directed by... Uh, Greg McLean, who, who did Wolf Creek, um, and um, yeah, is it Michael Rook is in it briefly. Oh, spoiler alert! Briefly, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he had somewhere to be. Tony Goldwyn from Dead. Friday Thirteenth Part Six, John McGinty from Platoon, Greg Henry from a bunch of De Palma movies. Uh, he was born in Lakewood. Huh. Yeah. Um, anyway, Denver good, resident. Good cast. 
Um, very predictable. Didn't like it much. Uh, you know, I didn't turn away from it. It's got. It gets very gory, uh, which is okay. But I didn't care that much. Right. Um, they didn't get you too invested in what was being gory. No, because you know, as soon as you like, you see the the people in the office. Like, I know where my money's been going to be. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's not any of the coloured people. Uh, right. <laughs> it is. It, it, there's just so many cliches in it. Like before the credits, there's a man in a car on a busy street, and he's staring out the window, out of one window, and uh, and then suddenly a beggar slaps on the window right next to him. Oh, have you seen that before? No, no, that seems <laughs> like a new one. They couldn't figure out a way to have this homeless person uh, be in the bathroom behind him as he closed the medicine cabinet. <laughs> no, they don't quit. They don't do that. They do the um, they do the action movie scene where characters ride an elevator and there's they stand there silently while music plays. Mm, oh, yeah, that's funny. Um, that's always funny. If you're if you've ever been in the special forces, you can twist someone's head around with no trouble at all, like it's on a potter's wheel or something. Yeah, no, it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, just uh, it's, there's no imagination to it. And it's not witty enough. We had a we had a green beret on the show. We could call him and ask him how hard is it to twist someone's head off? <laughs> Hypothetically, not that you've ever done it. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. Yeah. All right. Is that it? Yep. So we all watched The Love Witch from 2016. Um, Will, how did you feel about The Love Witch? I felt like it was an episode, a very special episode of That Girl. I think that's... But they took a bunch of acid and made a Halloween episode. All right. Um, What's That Girl? That Girl is a... Marlo Thomas? Marlo Thomas. It was a sitcom from the 60s, late 60s. She's basically, I think she's a model. She's a very... She lives on her own. Very she's empowered very woman. empowered woman for the time and has a boyfriend who she has no real intentions of marrying. I don't know. Um, cutesy. I used to watch it on uh, MeTV. Uh, the lead in this looks... They look exactly alike. <laughs> yeah, if you poofed her hair up some more it would definitely be a marlo thomas uh-huh she could be marlo thomas look yeah i would say she's got a very similar look um so did you like the the homage to technicolor movies of the f- oh my 50s and 60s god i love the lighting in this movie it's beautiful isn't it mm-hmm. uh yeah whoever made this really studied like 60s late 60s early 70s uh-huh. television all the blocking was the same and the yeah, the the, double lighting. Yeah, there's there's a lot of information about the um, the filmmakers that uh, we can run down some of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, like one person seemed like she did everything on this. Yeah. Yeah, Anna Biller. yeah, Anna Biller is a writer, director, producer, editor, production, and costume designer. Yes. Yeah, a lot of hats. Yeah. A lot of hats to whip into the air. Mm. Yeah, so... Uh, all of them pointy. Yes. <laughs> M. David Mullen was the um, cinematographer. He's done uh, almost 40 independent feature films, 
four television series, and a number of pilots. He was nominated for the IFP Independent Spirit Award for Best Cinematography in 2000 for Twin Falls, Idaho, and again in 2004 for North Fork. Both films are by Michael and Mark Polish. So there's a bunch more information on him and all his accomplishments, but let's just say he knows how to make stuff look and feel the way it should look and feel with the intent that this movie clearly had. Um, but did you like the storytelling? Did you like the story? Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it was bizarre. It was an odd did you get take con- on everything. Because it was set in San Francisco, or because it was set in Northern California, having left the San Francisco area, this character, mm-hmm. did you kind of get this weird, like, Anton LaVey chic oh, totally. yeah, from the whole um, witch culture? Whoever played the head witch, he was perfect. He looked like he was some character actor from the 60s. I'm certain I've seen him on Dragnet <laughs> right. a couple times. Yeah, they they, uh, they bust him with a bunch of tinfoil full of something. And yeah, something. He's selling tie sticks to the school kids or something. Yeah, he's selling goofballs to the teenagers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the... Um, the movie apparently took, what did they say, seven or eight years to make? Really? Yeah. And I don't know, like, was that a lot of preparation? And then they shot it in a year or two? Or if that was like, were they shooting over that amount of time? But uh, wow. I have a feeling that was a lot of writing and, and uh, pre-production, but, mm-hmm. but I don't know for sure. Um, but uh, any, any, uh, any things you didn't like about it? Mm. Was it a? Is it is it uh, the the fact that it looks and feels like something from sixties television? Uh, does that is that a plus or a minus for you? Oh, that was a total plus. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, I love the color schemes, everything in this. It was oh, it's brilliant. Reminded me of uh, Marnie. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah. That, especially with all the like rear projection and. Uh huh. <clears throat> yeah, that is in fact mentioned. In an interview with Anna Biller, um, see if I can find that. I think I, I think I made a note in the margin, but I, I grabbed an interview uh, from um, the Guardian, and uh, let's see. And I'll read this quote from uh, Anna Biller. I can't get into the mind of a male producer in the 1960s who's making exploitation, because those films were made for men's pleasure. They didn't include women as a viewer or spectator, whereas a movie like Marnie does. Um, and then she goes on to say, I just don't really have a connection to exploitation because I see it all around or uh, because I see it just as a precursor to pornography. I am in conversation with the pornography that's all around us, she says. So all that being said, uh, yeah, the Technicolor look of the you know 50s, 60s movies and that kind of Hitchcock vibe is clearly there. It's, it's clearly um, being, um, I would say, paid homage to. Yeah. It seems. Um, Jolene, what did you think of it? Yeah, I'm, I got that. I'm, I talked about it on an episode. I couldn't find it. Right. I know you yeah. did. Because there's no, I couldn't, there's no way of looking up. The love witch. Stuff we just mentioned. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I felt that uh, she looked down on exploitation movies and horror movies. 
Yeah, that was kind of weird. I I didn't feel like this was necessarily a horror fan making this no. movie. Like maybe somebody who enjoyed some elements of it, but didn't really enjoy it for what it really is. And exploitation, I mean, yeah, true. It was made by men for men a lot of times, you know, just to sort of uh, titillate and make money doing so. <laughs> I think that's the kind of... The... Yeah, but uh, that's a dismissive way of looking at it because I think there's a lot... There's, um... And, and especially these days, women enjoyed horror movies and much uh, more women watch horror movies now than men do. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, wow. I wouldn't have thought so. And especially horror movies since the late 60s. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's much more... Uh, you know, even though I mean, women are at the front and centre of horror movies uh, in one capacity or the other and... Um, yeah, I, I don't, you can't dismiss them as just being about the male gaze. Yeah, I would say that's that's true as as we know. But when we're talking about like you know sixties and seventies exploitation, like Grindhouse kind of stuff, uh, I think a lot of that just really was about like well. If we just show some boobs and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and smack some people around and uh, you know drive a car off a cliff, then mm -hmm. uh, we got your money. Yeah, but I mean, you know, uh, there's enough studies now about how um, like uh, something really archetypal, like um, slasher movies. You know, the women are often the the featured victims, but they're also the protagonist uh, and oftentimes the survivor, the survivor. Mm -hmm. um, you know the, the the film switch from uh, following the killer to following the the woman who returns his gaze upon him and or her uh -huh. because those slashes sometimes s slashes tend to be um, well they you have the final girl mm-hmm who's she's not always virginal but she doesn't that she doesn't quite have uh, a working relationship when you see her in the movie okay um she's but she learns more about herself physically she she learns that she can use her irrationality um you know, she can accept that there's something, that the threat is something that shouldn't be. Right. Or is something really strange, doesn't make sense. But she's got to deal with it. So she can deal with the irrational. She doesn't get hung up on it. But she comes to understand that if she, she, she can use her irrational perception and she can use her rationality, figure out what she needs to do to survive. And... Uh, get in contact with her, like um, her her own physicality, her capacity for violence. Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, you just take any fun of it. Right. Meanwhile, the killer is someone who's usually screwed up sexually. So many times they turn out to be a woman, or this uh, they they can't deal with their own sexuality. Right. 
that there's something mixed up about them. Um, so that that's why they're the the killer and the final girl are in the the opposites. Right. Um, and then everyone else gets mowed down in the process of this clash of right rational and irrational. Hmm. Um, so I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think of horror movies as being anti-women in general. I, I definitely, oh, <laughs> and the, and it, and being an exploitation genre, you you definitely have lots of you know, use of uh, gratuitous gratitude to, to <laughs> you know, stick on the poster and and you know that men like looking at but um yeah I, I don't dismiss them as misogynist fair enough i think uh there are some filmmakers who do not care and they just go there but yeah, yeah I mean, this is all done unconsciously i don't i suspect people don't think about it deeply <laughs> when they're making a movie there's but uh unless it's something like um you know rape revenge movies like i spit in your grave or right which was known as Day of the Woman, yeah, before it was re-released. But uh, yeah, um, I, 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 yeah, I felt this is one of those movies where they, someone who sees themselves as being above exploitation, and then, and then uh, making an art movie. Yeah, but it does still go ahead and rely on some of the same elements that you would find in yeah, exploitation. So you, get, you, get, you get blood and boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, well, let's not get too full of ourselves if we're going to rely on some of the same things. Um, Anna Biller seems to have her intent uh, stated pretty clearly in that same interview where she says, the big question is, what would happen if men loved women as strongly as women want them to? The way women crave to be loved by men. Uh, Men are known for being much less emotional than women, but in my experience, they're much more emotional, and that's why they won't or can't open that gate. It would destroy them. And that's what kills all the men in my movie, having to experience their own feelings. It's like, well, that's a generalization, isn't it? (laughs) I'm sorry for her, but maybe she'll meet someone better. (laughs) We're all simple creatures, aren't we? (laughs) So... That that's pretty clearly uh, her mindset in this thing, which doesn't take away from the fact that I loved looking at it all. <laughs> oh yeah, I had fun with it, um, even though you know I, I'm I may be part of a um, gender that's being uh, looked at as you know maybe in general terms that aren't true for all of us, and that's okay. Um, yeah, some of the um, some of the influences that she channels are 50s Hitchcock movies, Douglas Sirk, mm-hmm. uh, Rainer Werner, Fassbinder, uh, Fassbinder um, Nicholas Ray, Sam Fuller, Todd Haynes. Um, so there's a lot of different um, influences on her work. Yeah, Fassbinder, he uses a lot of artificiality. So like the, the women in his films are tons of makeup, like really extremely... Long yeah, eyelashes and so Just on. Really overdone. The, the colors are like pumped up and stuff. And yeah, he really uses artificialities that you know you're looking at something unreal, right? In order to get at something real, you know. Yeah, 
So how about the music? Yeah, not, there's not much original in there, is it? I, I, I hadn't seen it for a while, but um, I, uh, I don't think it's so. like any Morricone clips and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's one of your favorite composers, right? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. anyone's anyone who's into film soundtracks, well, sure. It's Morricone. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, 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 of course, it felt like the '60s. You know, when you get Morricone in there and and this Technicolor look. It was shot on 35 and edited. Mm-hmm. Uh, directly from the negative it was i don't know why they said in in one of the uh one of the things i read that um one of the last films to be cut and it's like well, that could still be done yeah i don't know why i'd uh, say one of the I last think it's direct transfer from 35 oh okay so it's not you know it's not several generations down the line it's right yeah so so i wonder if that's what they mean is like the people just as practice don't do that anymore no but uh they could if they had access to the equipment i would assume makes me wonder why she left a cell phone in the movie you know because the the rest of the movie tries i mean it doesn't try real hard to make you think that it's a different time it's not i mean the cars in the background and whatnot aren't uh all from the same time uh, you never really know what time it is, but then she has the one character uh, use a cell phone, and it right. seemed kind of unnecessary and kind of took you <laughs> out of the unrealness yeah. that the film had. Right. That's the thing is, like, if it were a straight period piece, it wouldn't be much different than what we saw. Yeah. All they had to do was not put a cell phone in it, Um not show any cell phone towers and uh, just make them all old vehicles. Yeah. Like pick a year and make every, every vehicle that year or older. I think if they had just taken out the cell phone, yeah, it would have been fine. Even if there were cell phone towers in the background. Yeah. Cause wasn't or she new driving cars? Yeah. She was driving an old Mustang, wasn't she? Yeah. And then later, uh, I don't remember what is Wayne, the professor. Yeah. Had an old car. Yeah. I don't remember what kind it was. It was a big, giant boat. Yeah, one of those big, square 70s mobiles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so you get you get uh, a few simple changes, and, and you've got a period piece. Yeah. But, but then, I don't even know that it would need to be a period piece. I think it was just odd that she had a cell phone in there. Um, she you, didn't really need it at all. She could have cut that scene. Have you ever been someplace, like visited or lived in some place where it was out of step with the times enough to where maybe this was all of New Mexico? I don't know, but <laughs> I was going to say I grew up in a place that was out of step with the times. But my uh, my my younger brother and I used to go to um, Dubuque, Iowa, sometimes, and we swore that back in uh, the late '90s, early 2000s, that it was still like 1983 or so in, yeah. in Iowa, not because you know, people didn't have access to the modern world. They just seemed to like um, ACDC as their basic choice in music. And <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but it just felt it, it you know, that's, uh, it's weird. Uh, but we used to joke about having to reach escape velocity going over the bridge to punch out of the time warp. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I've I've been to some places and you know 
But well, I like Seattle in the '90s. There were some people who wished it was the '60s. So you did see some people who were kind of, kind of rocking some really '60s hippie stuff, like as far as their oh, fashion. Yeah. You know, so there was well, that. that was all popular in the early 90s. Remember when the 60s were big again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Everybody had like, you know, pseudo 60s clothes. Yeah. Or early 70s. They'd always have bell bottoms, even though those weren't really summer of love. Right. Uh, tie dye, all that crap came back. Yeah. So, um, as far as uh, as far as the story goes, uh, I felt entertained. Yeah, I didn't I... feel there was any horror element to it. Really, there was some killings. There were some killings. I mean, she seemed pretty blasé about the people she killed. Uh, could be sort of horrifying. She wasn't very paranoid. I mean, was she just narcissistic and and uh, or, or um, not narcissistic, but. Uh, uh, was she a, a sociopath? I mean, yeah, I think she was sort of a sociopath. She, I mean, she didn't even bother to let, you know, like she didn't really need the love spell with the cop at the end. Right. But she used it anyway. And it messed everything up, even though she had plenty of experience with love spells not working. Yeah, it, did you feel like this? This was much of a horror movie, Julian? No, no, it just technically. I don't think it was trying to be. No, I, I don't I mean, think it was she tr- happens to be a, a witch, but she happens to do some killings. Happens to be a witch, but it doesn't all culminate to this make it. This had every genre listed <laughs> on the little search engine I use for streaming, uh, except musical. <laughs> and how does it end? I can't remember. Um. She stabs the cop to death while he lays in bed. Oh, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. She knows that the love spell's not working. Right. He doesn't love her. Right. So he's going to throw her in the slammer. Yeah. So she stabs him to death. Well. And then that was it. None of it felt horrifying as far as the stabbings or you know poisonings or whatever whatever things were happening none of it felt like oh my god i can't believe she did that like what was that movie um i'm trying to think of (laughs) there was a a major throat cutting and i want to say justin timberlake was in the movie Uh, (laughs) i know that really goes together well it had a great wow uh here let me look that up because i know he was in it did justin timberlake get his throat cut or was he doing the cutting? Uh, no, I think he was... Or was he incidental to the whole throat cutting? <laughs> Let's find out what movie that was, and then you might say, oh yeah, I saw that thing. Is it in time? Let's see. It would have been... Hmm. It wasn't Beat Shazam. Beach Shazam? <laughs> no, Beat Shazam. Beat Shazam. Oh my god. So much stuff on here for man. That kid works a lot, doesn't he? All right, soundtrack, soundtrack, soundtrack. I'm gonna have to edit this out because this is just like he just works too damn much. 128 credits for soundtracks. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, they're just taking songs he did. I don't think he's writing soundtracks. Maybe not. Okay, let's see. 
Maricone, yeah. Timberlake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the Philip, big names. Philip Glass. Um, Who? You've heard of him. No. Uh, let's see. It's no Timberlake. Damn it. It wasn't Black Snake Moan. It wasn't Alpha Dog. Damn it. Maybe it wasn't him. Maybe I'm thinking of some other adorable kid that can sing. All right, let's not talk about this anymore. Anyway, there was a movie that had like a, a really awesome throat cutting in it. You're thinking of Gone Girl? That's the one. Who was who was in that? That was, there was Ben Neil Affleck. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Why Got would his I, throat cut. Yeah, why would I confuse him with Justin Timberlake? I don't know. They're kind of the same. Yeah, similar body type, similar hair color. Yeah, I mean. They're both funny. Timberlake's really funny. Is he? He is. He's a natural. Never said anything funny when I've hung out with him. <laughs> I've kind of been a sad sack. I think he just gets really high before he hangs out with you. Oh. Or I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so the love witch. So, what was your point about the throat cutting? The throat cutting. Okay, so it was that, shocking. That movie was not a horror movie, and all of a sudden, oh my God, Neil Patrick Harris's throat is slit wide open and blood pours everywhere, mm. and you're just kind of like watching the rest of the gasping and bleeding out through your fingers. You're just like, holy crap, that just happened. Yeah. And they just killed Doogie Howser. <laughs> right. Doogie Howser just got his throat cut. <laughs> um, this movie. It's it, like we all thought it would happen. <laughs> and to be fair, this movie isn't trying to do that clearly, mm. but uh, it, it's not really a horror movie, even though we're a horror movie podcast. Hey, we talked about Forbidden Planet. <laughs> Fine, but um, but it was still really just gorgeous. This was a great-looking film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fun. It moved along. Um, there were a couple times where I was tempted to think, what would I cut from this movie? <laughs> yeah, there's a bit, some bit lags a bit. But... Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm trying not to do that anymore. I feel like yeah, I'm not an editor. I, I, I forget. Well, that sounds patronizing, but. Uh, I didn't mind its its pace because it's it, it's such a it's coming from one person it's one person's vision right because she did so much oh yeah. yeah so many different departments oh yeah that you know you're watching something from one person so it's real pleasure to yeah to to see something that's you know it's different because it's just just that that vision or yeah. to right. doing what they want to do yeah. Right down to the paintings, uh, set design, yeah. costumes, everything. I would cut that Renfair crap right the hell out of the movie. <laughs> all right, you, you you want to shorten this one for time mm, to put it on network television? Yeah, I don't need to hear that that mincing flute music anymore. <laughs> yeah, that 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 can go right now. I, I don't like I don't like that kind of. Uh, you don't thing. like Renfest. I haven't been to one, so I can't say that. But I, I just don't like. You've them. never been to a Ren Fest? No, man. What am I missing? Turkey well, legs? Jolian can tell you all about England. <laughs> it's all turkey legs and tights. <laughs> oh yes, yes. You're issued with a cod piece when you come into the airport. Uh, <laughs> right. Tights and a cod piece and pointy shoes, with yeah. bells on toes. I've not been to an actual Renaissance fair, but uh, they had jousting at some of the local castles where I was where, oh, okay. I, where I grew up do you have to disclose on the paperwork whether you can play a flute or not 
Um, well, you wear many hats at the Ren Fest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we're a jester hat. You're a real renaissance <clears throat> performer. Did you get any sort of a Wicker Man vibe from any part of this? Uh, yeah, uh, like um, especially in the more rural scenes, mm-hmm. um, and it and, and it being like the, an old religion in control, like a, a matriarchal religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I like that. I picked up some of that too, and uh, that was nice. I mean, it, it was kind of like a it invokes some of those feelings from when you first saw that movie and it's like, Oh yeah, this feels familiar. Not in a rip off kind of way, but in a mm-hmm. sort of a tribute. So, yeah. Um, any, uh, any favorite scenes other than what we mentioned? I like the driving stuff because you had that the rear projection. That, the, was the rear projection. <laughs> it's like, no, we're doing this on purpose. Yeah. I love that landscape in Northern California. Yeah. Yeah. Coastal roads. Have you been there? No, no, but I, I loved it in, in the fog and and uh, vertigo and stuff like that. The birds. Oh, I really wanted to live in a place like that. Bodega Bay. Yeah. I, I went to, uh, when we were traveling around Europe, we went on this ferry across to Greece and, and we met an American couple and uh, they happened to be from Bodega Bay. How weird. So I hit it straight off with them. You're like... Do you love Hitchcock? Do you, you better. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get rid of the birds? They kind of just left us hanging. Oh, they just leave it in their hair. They just, you yeah, know, they just don't bother anymore. Yeah, kinds yeah. of feathers and crap. Yeah, no, it's beautiful there. Um, in fact, my friend Jim was there just recently. Um, he he sent me a picture and he goes, "Recognize this?" And I went. Oh shit! Is that the chapel from Rocky Horror? And he goes, "No." He's like, "I think Northern California." I went, "Oh shit! You're in Bodega Bay. This, right, this right. is this is the birds." Yeah. So there were a couple of a couple of great locations that he got pictures of. Nice. Yeah, but yeah, there there was a nice um, nice feel to this movie, and I really enjoyed it. I recommend it. Personally. Yeah, yes. I recommend it. Yeah, I would it say it was completely different. Mm-hmm. I would just I would caution anybody if you're gonna nod off, do it during the Ren Fair parts. <laughs> they go there twice, don't they? Yeah. Two visits to a Ren Fair in one movie. Well, yeah, she went. She wants to like marry him without him knowing because right. it's her coven, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was like Fred Rogers's world of make believe with uh, the little king puppet. King Friday. King. It felt like King Friday's kingdom. Everything was just sort of the land of make believe. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was kind of like everything was built out of you know plywood and paint and curtains. And yeah, paper mache. I loved it. It was so artificial. Yeah, I always you know I actually watched an episode of uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood a couple weeks ago on purpose. Yeah, it was on after something I was watching, and I just watched it. And then I think <laughs> it was weird because the uh, circle was on, and then next up. Yes. Mr. Rogers, Mr. Neighborhood. Rogers' Neighborhood, and I did not turn away from either. That that man was so sincere. He he was so genuine. Yeah, he's a cool guy. And uh, and in um, he smoked like a train and drank like a fish behind the scenes. <laughs> Doubt that. Um, but he wore sweaters because he had full sleeve tattoos. 
Both arms from his time in the Hell's Angels. But he was kicked out because he was too rough. He bit a man's face off. Well, you know, he always wanted a neighbor just like you. Yeah. So he could bite your face off. Um, George Romero directed... Uh, My cousin was on on Mr. Rogers. When he was a kid and his mom was a psychologist, uh, and talked about his bedwetting. And it pretty much ruined his whole <laughs> elementary school experience because he was known as the bedwetter. Oh my God, really? <laughs> yes. What horrible decisions by the adults. Oh, it was bad. It was so bad. <laughs> oh no. I was going to say George Romero directed the um, the segment where... You know, because they would do those off-site things sometimes. Uh-huh. And uh, George Romero directed the one where Fred's going in to get his tonsils taken out. Oh. Goes under the knife. And then the zombies come. <laughs> well, Romero said that um, that was the most scary piece of film he ever directed. Really? <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing it, too, because... Because they were worried about Fred Rogers cursing. He cursed like a sailor. Have you ever seen uh, Season of the Witch, a Romero Se- movie? Um, so that, that's like actually sure. made it, you know, back in the day, like yeah. circa 1970, and and uh, so you've got, you know, it's the genuine thing, and and uh, so if you like Love Witch, check out Season of the Witch. Oh, definitely. It's got a lot of that like feminist uh, take on. A lot of feminist crap. <laughs> just kidding. You know, like uh, yeah, so just housewives are like really bored but they find power in sex magic older religions yeah and Mr. Rogers <laughs> flowery dresses well I don't think I've seen that so I'll have to put that on my to watch that one and what was the gladiator uh, uh, Night Riders Night Riders oh, if Night you don't Rider. like renaissance fairs then <laughs> I'm gonna watch it oh, anyway man. I don't care yeah that's a jousting fair though. I can't say I don't like them I haven't been to one it's just yeah. the one in the movie sucked. I'm just saying. It was pretty close to reality for a Renaissance fair. Oh man, a lot, a lot, uh, a lot fewer um, corsets, I would guess. Yeah, I think this whole like corset um, booths that you can buy yep. corsets from, right? Yep. Yeah. Turkey legs and corsets. Yeah. <laughs> it's all turkey legs and leather mugs and corsets. Leather mugs. You know they have ceramic now. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, um, before we uh, finish the show, I was going to ask both of you guys, because we are um, talking earlier about those those summer camp uh, slasher movies. Do either one of you go camping? No. Well, I've been I go camping. camping. I've, I've been camping, too, and that makes it so I don't have to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I paid my dues. I'm not camping anymore. Yeah. I get to live indoors. <laughs> yeah. Like a civilized person. Not live outside like a savage. I have enough trouble sleeping on a mattress, let alone <laughs> earth. Right. Yeah, been there, done that. Lumpy, bumpy earth. I think the last time I technically camped, um, I went with some friends to Sasquatch Music Festival in uh, mm. George, Washington. How is the music of the Sasquatch? Oh, it's a lot of caterwauling, <laughs> a lot of grunting and smashing things about. Why do they even bother setting up a drum set if they just know he's going to smash the shit out of it? Oh, That's we... part of the show. <laughs> hey, the Who aren't in business like that anymore, so someone's got to do it. 
No, um, my friend Dave and I shared a tent and slept on the ground, essentially. I think we had something akin to a yoga mat to lie on. Right. And it was kind of miserable. Yeah, I remember it when I worked at Glastonbury, you know, you'd be there a few days before the show and then so you'd be a whole week in a tent. Oh, forget mm. it. Oh, it's just... It's miserable. You're making coffee on a campfire. Then you see these people and you're like, oh, look at them. And they're in like a Winnebago. No, they're doing it right. Mm-hmm. People who roll up in a camper, they're doing it right. <laughs> no, because they're not doing it right. Yeah, it's not camping. They're That's just, not camping. I mean, who are you fooling? You're dragging a miniature house to a thing. Yeah, right? just right. don't go. <laughs> don't go, you weakling. All right. Um, and I'd like to uh, say that... Um, you know, we love uh, Haro Nakajima. We lost him this week. Yes. Uh, you know, as well as Glenn Campbell. But Haro Nakajima is particularly uh, pertinent to us for playing so many monsters and as well as appearing out of costume. Uh, in, in Did Glenn Campbell movies. ever play a monster? Did he? I like to think that maybe he did. Is a rhinestone cowboy technically a monster? It is. The dreaded Wichita Wolfman. The Wichita <laughs> Wolfman? Yeah. I think he played a monster on an episode of Night Gallery in the 70s. I'm going with that. Yeah, okay, that yeah. sounds reasonable. <laughs> I can see that. So, um, Played a guitar-playing werewolf. So Nakajima played Godzilla in, what, a dozen? 12 movies, yeah. Yeah. Well, 54 to 72, I think. All the best ones. Then what happened? Yeah, so, so, falling so most of the original series. <laughs> Did he get well, fired? <laughs> You just, Were you things just... disappearing from the set and they turned up in a suit? <laughs> yeah, you just had so much trouble with Angulus and had a falling out. Oh. Uh, well, you didn't we... like the direction the Godzilla movies were going in. <laughs> well, that, that that particular series finished up in 75, so... Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But he, he, was a, he, was, he played tons of monsters on... Yeah. And on movies and... TV and, and in real life, um, and uh, yeah, he was in he was in three Kurosawa movies. Um, he also makes cameos in Godzilla movies. Yeah, and, and you did a cool poster of him. I did, I did a poster of him for his appearance at Monster Palooza. Yeah, where he's got the suit kind of holding it halfway on. Yeah, that's when that's uh, it was based on a photo from when he was in uh, Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster. Yeah, and he's taking a smoke break, so he's got the suit. The top half of the suit is kind of folded over, and he's, he's standing there grinning with his cigarette. He looks yeah. so happy. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a guy who's found his calling. Yeah, um, yeah, you have to be really tough to 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 wear those suits. Oh yeah, yeah. And, he, and he gave the he gave the creature's character. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, good guy. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a kind of passing of an age. Yeah, that that's something that I think we are going to have to come to terms with. That some of these um, some of these giants in in directing and acting and writing, uh, they're they're going to have uh, left this mortal plane, and we're going to see people have to step up and and uh, fill those shoes with ones and zeros <laughs> with ones and zeros <laughs> fill those giant monster shoes yeah so Andy Serkis and yeah Doug Jones would be the, the monster actors of today yeah. yeah yeah you always you always know it's Doug Jones when, <laughs> when, yeah. you, when you see something that's wiry and creepy right and it's like god they could just build that up on his slight frame 
I bet that dude's strong too. Oh yeah. He has to drag around all that crazy stuff. I don't know stuff. how much those costumes weigh now, but like the original Godzilla suit was 150 pounds and Jeez. you're in rubber. Uh, all you've got to breathe through are tiny holes in the neck. And that's all you're seeing through as well. Oh, oh man. man, that's crazy. And it's not like your eyes are pressed up against that. You're Because of all the mechanisms they have for working the head, you're a couple of inches behind the holes. So you're practically blind. Uh-huh. You're you're uh, it's so hot that you'd often pass out. You're wearing a hundred, you know, almost two hundred pounds of rubber and metal. Uh, you're you're in under studio lights. Oh yeah. There are explosions going off around you and on you. And you're expected to accurately smash little buildings. Yeah, and you know that if you fall over, that's a day's work. Right. You've just ruined. Oh, that's crazy. He, he did it once. Like he fell out, there's this miniature of Osaka Castle that he fell on. Oh, man. They had to rebuild. Oh. But yeah, you can't blame him. That's a, no, he should have just cut it and Godzilla fell down. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think they actually went with that for, uh, for some scenes where he, he, he falls and yeah. accidentally swipes something. But <laughs> uh, And sometimes he'd have to go into water, so it'd be waterlogged. Yeah. So you know he was in he was in serious danger of drowning in some scenes. Wow. Well, yeah, we lost a, a giant. That's literally a giant monster. <laughs> that sucks. But, but uh, he got to live long enough that he, he you know he knew how much he was he was loved in the fan community and got to travel the world. Got to meet a lot of those folks. Worshipped and brought out his biography and. I saw a lot of pictures on Instagram where people were, you know, uh, happily posing with him. And he was, mm-hmm. he seemed genuinely pleased to be yeah, amongst yeah, his fans. Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. And and the same, of course, true about George Romero. We didn't talk a whole lot about him uh, a couple weeks ago uh, when he died. But Romero, by all accounts, was super nice to his fans. Mm-hmm. And... Um, not like Fred Rogers. Oh, that Fred Rogers man. If <laughs> you like how you like a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> um, but yeah, Romero was apparently great to his fans, and he would stay well past hours to finish doing all the autographs, mm-hmm. and um, and he he was kind to everyone. So that's cool. Uh, that that he got to know his audience as well. And next year on the fiftieth uh, anniversary. Of Night of Living Dead, we should get that completed um, Ultimate Edition with all that extra footage, which I really hope we'll get a yeah. story that he got to see it in its completion before he went. Yeah, I imagine he did. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, there's a there's a Blu-ray coming out of Night of Living Dead uh, from Mill Creek, so that's probably I I doubt very much that's the the new one, the... Scorsese restoration. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so hopefully next year we'll see the the definitive i hope so version nine that, that minutes was... of zombies standing around and I, between I, takes yeah, <laughs> right, I, smoking I'm, I'm buying that <laughs> right i'll watch it smoking <laughs> laughing <laughs> chewing on insects well should we call it a show let's okay. call it a show it's a show all right listeners thank you for listening stay off the moors